Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And let me be the first to welcome you to the first day of the year when it's acceptable to listen to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Congratulations. We made it. This week, we face some important questions. What are you thankful for? What's the deal with having a body? And if civilization ended today, would you be a good person to have on my apocalypse team? I'm recruiting. Stick around to hear Alyssa Mastermonico, Naomi F. Perrigan, and Tien Tran tackle all this and more. A quick note, we talk pretty frankly about bodies this week, so if it's not healthy for you to hear talk about weight and self-image, you might want to skip this one, or better yet, turn the volume way down and walk away so we still get the listener count. All right, let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. It's Thanksgiving week, which means I'm not here in studio recording this at the time that I normally would be. I've pre-recorded this. I'm also not home in Wisconsin either because it's deer season and spending time in Wisconsin during deer season is it's it's really horrifying, uh, especially if you're a deer, but also if you're a person and you don't want to see like cut up deer. So I'm not in Wisconsin. I'm in California, but I'm going to give a call to somebody to talk about what I'm thankful for this year and what we can be thankful for in the year ahead. Former White House Deputy Chief of Operations under President Obama and mother of cats, Alyssa Mastromonaco. Hey, Alyssa. Aaron. <laughs> I have a question for you. Hit me. Okay. You know, Joaquin and Julianne Castro are twins, right? I've heard. Do you ever think that, do you think they ever switch places and like legislate for each other as a prank? Do you mean like Lindsay Lohan in The Parent Trap? Yeah, but like... They had to have. They had to have. It's too good not to. It's so good. Like, I bet the other... Well, I mean, Joaquin has the beard now and Julian doesn't. But when they both had the same facial hair, if one would have appeared on like a, you know, at a public event, I would have been like, I couldn't really tell the difference between the two of them. They're identical. 
I mean, that's what happens with identical twins. They're identical. Anyway. Okay, good. I'm glad you Real believe mind my, fuck. I'm glad you believe my theory about the Castro twins switching because I think it would make them even more likable. I already like them plenty and I think it would just add to their likability. Well, because they'd be like zany pranksters, which I mean, who doesn't love a zany prankster? Almost everybody can up the zany factor a little bit and it makes them more likable. There are a few people who really need to dial down the zany, but most politicians, if they get just a little zanier, yeah, it's fun. I agree. Let's talk about thankfulness because we're recording this in a week before Thanksgiving. So we can't, I mean, who, who knows if America still exists as we know it. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not thankful for some things. So let's talk about people um, that we are thankful for. Public figures, politicians, famous people, whatever. Um, Alyssa, who you got? Okay. So... Here's one of the, here's a group of people I am thankful for. And that would be the women on the view and Jesus and Marrow, because (laughs) those are the two shows that I go to when I want to hear sort of like what real people think. And I can't deal with cable punditry anymore. Uh And my dream is that they will hear this and there will be a Jesus and Marrow, the view crossover episode, preferably with the view on Jesus and Marrow. I was just picturing it and I completely agree. It It works way better if the view cast is on the Jesus and Marrow set. Right. So I'm just very thankful for them. And I mean, truth, I've been watching The View for like 20 years, but I can't help it. I feel like they kind of get the pulse of America. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. How about you? Uh, I am really thankful. You know, sometimes when I'm feeling dark, I think about how cool the 2018 midterms were, especially for young women um, and people of color. Um, and I think about how thankful I am for the people who ran for office for the first time in 2018. I think about how brave you have to be in order to do that and how, yeah, how you just have to kind of go after this thing, knowing that you're putting a lot of yourself on the line in exchange for the hope that you could make a difference. I mean, it is possible that you could run, risk everything and lose. And then what do you have? But the fact that we have people like Lauren Underwood, we have Ilhan Omar, the fact that we have AOC and uh, Lucy McBath, like there's this entire group of, of young or new representatives who overcame whatever obstacles they needed to overcome to run. And I just like, I'm so grateful. They're setting such a good example. And if you look at who they have inspired, one of my personal faves who's running uh, in 2020 is Ted Rakab. Do you know about Ted Rakab? No. Ted Rakab is running against Elise Stefanik, you know, the woman who's acting every day like the West Wing told her to put on a suicide vest and detonate in the hearings. <laughs> uh huh. Her and she, Tedra, has been working so hard. And after the testimony last week, she raised $1 million in one weekend for New York 21. And for people who don't know what that is, it's north of Saratoga all the way to Canada. So it's... um. It's a big deal. And people like her have been inspired by, you know, the wave of 2018. And like, let's just keep it going. That is really exciting. So Alyssa, on that note, you know who I am grateful for? Who? A woman named Trisha Zunker. Have you heard of her? I don't know Trisha Zunker. Um, She is 
running for office in Wisconsin's 7th District. Wisconsin's 7th District is my home district. It's where I grew up. It's where my parents still live. It's where a lot of my relatives still live. It's it's a very rural uh, district. The current rep is Sean Duffy, who is an abomination, but he's quitting to spend more time with his Fox News contract or a CNN contract or whatever. I mean, he said family, but what he meant was cable news contract. And Trisha Zunker is, uh, she just threw her hat in the ring and she is, um, she's an associate justice for the Ho-Chunk Nation Supreme Court. She is the president of the Wausau School Board and she is the first Native American woman to run for Congress in Wisconsin since 1992. And if she wins, she'll be the first Native American rep in Wisconsin. And there's a, or from Wisconsin, and there's a, it was a big population of, of people who are indigenous. And so it would be really cool if we had Trisha Zunker in office because she looks a lot like the people in Wisconsin. And I think she speaks for a lot of people in the seventh district whose voices weren't heard when Sean Duffy was our rep. So that's another thing I'm thankful for. I have one more thing I'm thankful for. Okay. The seventh grade girls who protested their principal because the principal wouldn't provide free tampons in the bathroom because he thought they'd abuse the privilege. And they all went home and made tampon cookies and brought them into school the next day. What? Wait, they didn't make the cookies out of tampons, right? No, no. They were cookies that looked like tampons. I'll tweet the picture out again because it's just that great. They were were edible cookies? Yeah. Like strings and everything. Were the strings edible? Can't tell, can't tell, but don't worry. They were they were cookies for consumption. I'm honestly picturing like a Food Network Halloween bake off challenge, but with only feminine products. Like make a giant oh like sugar spun IUD. I what? hope Food TV is listening to us. <laughs> I would just watch that stoned and laugh for like three hours. I well, don't you know. know what they need a cooking competition for Women's History Month. So go with God. They should do this. Totally. <laughs> I mean, Hillary Clinton introduced the the first lady bake off into the into the popular lexicon. So why not a Women's History Month baking show? Um, on that note, I am also thankful for baking shows. Great British Bake Off, Halloween Bake Off, Christmas Cookie Challenge, whatever. If you're if people are baking it, I will watch it when I'm anxious, and it will Can calm I tell me down. You how much I love holiday cooking. This is a true story. Uh huh. My husband and I got married on November 22nd, and the year that we got married, it was a Friday, and Thanksgiving was the following week. We got married on a Friday, and on Saturday morning, I was like, do you care if I watch the Ina Garten Bobby Flay Thanksgiving Live Challenge? (laughs) And he was like, that would be lovely. And so we watched it together, and this is the first time since the day we got married that it's the same, that our wedding anniversary is on a Friday, and the Thanksgiving Live is on Saturday, and he already brought it up. He's like, will we be watching Thanksgiving Live? I was like, I got to see. I hope Ina's back on. She, I love when she makes her turkey roulade. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that so much. Um, one quick question before we part ways for the holiday. Yes. Do you have any go-to Thanksgiving dishes? Yeah, my go-to Thanksgiving dish is my fucking sangria because it's awesome. Okay, explain. So here's what you do, listeners. You go out, you get a good bottle of red wine. You get, you pour the red wine into like a carafe. You slice up two of your favorite kinds of apples, two of your favorite kinds of pears, an orange. You throw in some pomegranate seeds if you want to. Then you get uh, sugar. You make a simple syrup. 
take it off the heat, you put in a cinnamon stick, you let it sit for like 20, 45 minutes probably. You pour like a quarter cup of that in and then you hit it with a half a cup of apple brandy and a half a cup of pear brandy. Let it sit for at least 24 hours. You will be the hit of your Thanksgiving affair. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. I was prepared to do that. That's how dedicated I am to the recipe. Uh, The fact that you can recite it like that with such precision is uh, both alarming and inspiring. I mean, I am who I am. (laughs) I feel like we need to put that in the show notes. We need to put your... your recipe in the show notes. I'll send it to you. Don't worry. Okay. The other year we had a Friendsgiving. This was back when I lived in New York and I wanted, I was charged with making mac and cheese, but I didn't want to make regular mac and cheese. I had a real craving for cacio e pepe. And (gasps) so I made a cacio e pepe baked mac and cheese that ended up turning out really good. So um, what the fuck? That sounds amazing. Yeah. It's like a grown up mac and cheese, but with like heavy, heavy black pepper, white cheese, like Italian type flavors. It's very, very good. You know, there's a German version of that called Kashbatza. What? Really? Yes. Except you caramelize onions and put it on top and then you bake it and you use Emmenthaler cheese, but it's basically the same. Sounds delicious. Man, I wish that there was some way to just taste have a macaroni and cheese like flight. (laughs) I would get really sick from that, but I would enjoy it the whole time I was eating it. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Okay. um, Well, Alyssa, this was very fun. No, wait, I have one more. Oh, one more. Okay, go ahead. I'm grateful for you. Oh, likewise. I'm grateful that you're going to be in town pretty soon. And... We're going to get to hang out. It's going to get wild. It always does. It always does. It always does. Okay. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much. I'm grateful for you. Grateful for this conversation. And I'll talk to you soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, (laughs) not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you 
stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. And we're back. This is a part of the show where I bring in a panel of wonderful, intelligent, brilliant, funny, funnier than me in many cases, women to talk about things that we think about a lot. First off, I want to introduce a writer and a comedian, Tian Tran. Hello. You're so transient in your chair. I know it's 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 actually throwing me off. Yeah. It's throwing me off bouncing from chair to chair to chair. Oh, cool. I usually sit where you sit. I sat with my back to the rest of the folks in the room last oh. time, and it was really disorienting. Yeah. Maybe and you should practice some neuroplasticity. Wow. <laughs> wow. Burn. What? The shade. Um, I mean, I'm in no position. Uh, up next, we have a writer, comedian, and host of the Couples Therapy Podcast, Naomi Ekperigan. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm not harried at all. I know. <laughs> Everything Back is Back on together. track. Yeah. Everything is together. And uh, how are you doing, Naomi? I'm doing really good. Feeling great. Um... Wearing a sleeveless shirt. You look great. You you do look great. Yeah, you look amazing. So kind. I have a no makeup, a little lip color in the spirit of us and sisterhood. Oh, congratulations. Be myself. Be myself for the sisterhood. It's great. Hmm. It's great. Nothing better. I couldn't ask for anything more. (laughs) And, uh, And finally, a special treat in studio in Los Angeles. Once again, the one and only Alyssa Mastermonico. The one and only Woo-hoo! here, IRL. I exist. Have you ever... <laughs> this is the most dressed up I've been for the podcast <laughs> in a year. Have you ever Googled yourself and tried to verify whether or not you are the one and only Alyssa Mastermonico? Why would I do that? I don't know. It's nicer to just think it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. There are a lot of Tian Trans. Are there? And most of them are men. Really? Wow. Yeah. One of them is a dog photographer. <laughs> okay, you guys have to freaky Friday each other. Oh, that would be a great That would be show. a great that'd be a great freaky Friday. Yes. <laughs> yes. Naomi, are there other Naomi Ekperigans? Absolutely not. Yeah, I was gonna say. That's a pretty uh no. pretty singular name. Yeah, any Ekperigan out there, we are related. Okay. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's what I thought about Master Monicos. Such is not the case. Really? Yeah, there are Master Monicos I'm apparently not related to. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of Ryans, and I'm <laughs> not related to most of them. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. There are so many out there just shitting on my good name. That's <laughs> true. It's Nolan before, was the last good one before me. Nolan Ryan. Other than that, oh, yeah. they've all just been fucking up. No, baseball? Yes. yes. Oh, I'm a there winner. A pitcher, I'm a winner. Right? A pitcher. Wow. wow. Pitcher for the Texas Rangers okay. for quite some time. The Astros. He, he Walker, for Texas many. Ranger? Yes. Is that part of it? <laughs> Nope. I used to like to watch that show. <laughs> Before we realized Norris was cuckoo banana. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, speaking of sports, guys, yeah. the topic 
But this is a totally unplanned segue, by the way. I was like, I didn't know Nolan Ryan was going to come out. good. Um, this week, we're going to talk about how weird it is to, like, have a body and do stuff with it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as women, I think it's a very fraught topic. Um, whenever we decide to make changes to our bodies, it's kind of viewed as an implicit judgment of other people's different yes. choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we don't decide we want to make changes to our bodies, it's viewed by people who are as an implicit judgment of their choices. And it's really hard because there's nothing more personal than your own body. And it's hard not to take things personally. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Alyssa, since you're, oh. you're the, I guess, well, you're not a guest, but you're not normally here. I'm, physically I'm here. special. Yes. <laughs> Today is special. It is. Today is very special. Um, I'm going to start with you. Uh, when was the first time that you became aware of your body and uh, how did you feel about it? So the first time I became aware of my body, I was like seven or eight and I was at the pediatrician. I remember this clear as fucking day. Like I, <laughs> I actually, when we were talking about this, I mentioned it to my mom and she's like, how could you remember that? So I was at the pediatrician and Dr. Blum <laughs> wow. wow. Dr. Blum uh, said to my mother in front of me, Alyssa should lay off the Oreos and cookies. Okay. Whoa. I was not chubby. I wasn't. Oh, I didn't know God. that back then. Right. I didn't know. And I will never, it's like, it's like, you would think that I was making this up but I wasn't. I went home and I asked what it meant to have to like lay off the cookies, like the or- Oreos and stuff. And my mom like tried to very diplomatically explain it to me. My mom's really, really thin, right? My sister's really, really thin. The Mendy side of the family <laughs> is very thin. I did sort of inherit more of the Mastromonaco like meatball side <laughs> of the family. But, so, but like I was still, and I remember I learned how to count calories, like what it meant. What? <sighs> yes. When and you I, were eight? I was eight. And I just oh. remember I was so sad and so simultaneous with all of this. I took dance classes and I became so aware of like, the truth is I was on the side of the stage because I was short. I know it goes tall to short usually when you're, when they're like, you're doing your recital. And I was convinced it's because I'm, I was chubby that I was doing like, I was in the wings for my tap and my jazz and my, all that stuff because I was chubby. And I just, it always, from that point on, it's like, I could tell you the whole arc of like Alyssa thinking that she was things she was not all because Dr. Blum Mm -hmm. did not mind his words. Fucking Dr. Wow. Blum. Yeah, Dr. he didn't Blum mind his out. words. The ultimate horror. He didn't Dr. mind his Blum. words. And it was really, I I was, uh, it always stuck with me in high school. It's like I ate grape nuts all the time because it oh took God. me long oh to eat. Oh, my God. Yeah, cardboard. You yeah. got to really chew Right, yeah. so it's like you you were way more tired before you were even full. So <laughs> I'm going to find him on ZocDoc but and no, that's, mess up his I ratings. wish I could remember his first name. <laughs> but no, that was my first. And I remember looking at myself thinking I was ugly. But I didn't think I was ugly before he said, like, like an wow. hour before he said that, yeah. I never would have considered myself anything other than just Alyssa. Mm-hmm. But after that, I really remember thinking that, like, I was, I was not, uh, uh, I was not, yeah. I was not special anymore. Oh, I wasn't just Alyssa. Yeah. Well, Naomi, did oh. you ever have a experience like that? Um, certainly, so many. Um, <laughs> so I've always had first, so like. I'm about 5'8", which is not much to speak of now, but I pretty much stopped growing around 13 or 14. Oh, wow. So I was always tall. 
and bigger than the boys and bigger than everyone else. And then I also always have always had a pot belly. And when I was about 10 years old, my mother taught me to suck in my stomach. And that was for me. It was like Mm -hmm. learning from an early age. It was like, put this, like, suck this in and you'll look better. And I'm telling you, I was like sucking in my stomach forever. And I kept being like, doesn't this count as ab work? Why are the (laughs) mounds melting off? But just so, so obviously like nine or 10, you know, at nine or 10, I was probably about five, two, five, three. You know what I mean? And then like kind of just like puberty was kind of over by 13, 14. And so I was like already kind of just like, I always was like, you're big. And then like, I remember when I started uh, my new school, everyone was like, she's so big and she's so tall. You know, like being a, I mean, being a new kid, people are going to notice you either way. But then also to be big, like taller than everybody else. Because like in sixth grade, you know, the boys are just like a little big. Yeah, they're so tall. Yeah. Like little, little tiny like string beans. And then I was like coming in here wearing my larges. It wasn't even like, oh God, one time I got roasted. It was seventh grade. And these bitchy mean girls... I was it was I was shopping at the Gap, okay, style icon. I know, and <laughs> you know how I mean a lot of places, but they put the sticker of the size on the yeah, clothes. Yeah, yeah. And this girl and her group took such delight. She goes, "You left on your medium," and when oh. I say it, cut me like a knife. <laughs> Fuck. And I was like eleven, and that was too. I was too big for that age and like for that grade and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that from like. Fuck. Yeah, about then, and it was like, oh no, what a little cunt. Oh no. yeah, what a kids are so <laughs> awful. <laughs> awful. Kids They're, are so mean. They can be the worst. Tan, did you have an experience like that at all? Yeah, I when I first moved to like a my parents moved when I was in fifth grade, and we moved to a, a like a kind of whiter suburb, and I remember being as like one of the only Asian kids that I wanted to like fit in and look like the rest of the kids. And as we were moving into middle school and stuff, everyone started going through puberty. And I was like a little stick. Like my dad called me like a scooter and teeny because like he thought they were like small, like minuscule names. (laughs) (laughs) And and I, I was called like bird bones on my soccer team. Like I was very small and everyone was getting boobs. And I think the, that I, I remember someone calling me like, um, surfboard or like flat chested I like went and bought a water bra for like (laughs) one of the first like middle school mixer dances (laughs) my mom let me go do it Uh, it was uh, we purchased it at wet seal it was like one of the ones that had like real seal it was a true wet seal it was a true wet seal seal moment because I wanted so badly to like look like everyone else and I really didn't hit puberty until I was like 17. I like didn't get any boobs until I was like 17, 18. And I like. I don't think I did either. Yeah, I just like, I just never. And it was, it was such a, I don't know. For me, boobs were like it. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that yeah. was like what I needed to have. Yeah. And they weren't coming in. <laughs> and so I had this like torturous middle school the whole time. Cause we would have like, have you ever had those sleepovers where, all the girls are like, why don't we just like all see where our boobs are at? Did you ever have that? Absolutely not. No. No. What? Oh no. my God. No. Okay. Terrifying. <laughs> okay. All right. Am I about to share some traumatic stuff right now? First, Tell us. First sleepover at Julie's house. Julie. Sixth grade. Everyone like took their shirts off. It was like all of the popular girls and me. And they took our 
they we took our shirts off to like look at each other's boobs and like so many people had them and I was like <gasps> did people have bras and undershirts on yes, or was yes. it like oh natural bras and undershirts okay. and then it became all natural <gasps> because I remember so distinctly someone taking plastic cups and sticking them on their boobs oh my god <laughs> and to they, be Madonna to be Madonna yes. and, they, <laughs> and they stuck and I was like if I did that they would never stick. <laughs> you guys never had these sleepovers where like, no. no. Girl, I was from upstate New York. <laughs> I mean, I was from Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's weird then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you're not alone in that, but that was definitely not how we engaged. Oh. No. no. Okay, yeah, we were taking our tops off all yeah, the time. Look at you. You know what? That's why I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, man. Like, I think a lot about how every time I talk to a girlfriend about, like, the time in their life when they became aware of their body, it strikes me that I don't know a single woman who has ever been like, I've always been perfectly fine with myself. Yes, like, yeah, I know. Like, no. I know. <laughs> even the ones who you're like, you look great. You, what could possibly be wrong? Like, oh, whatever you think is bad. It's like you're living inside of your body for Years and years and years. And so you have all this time. It's like familiarity bring, breeds contempt. And right. also you have like all these outside voices telling you that like however you look isn't the way you're actually supposed to look. Like you can buy this thing and look a different way or you mm -hmm. can do this diet and look a different way. Or if you work out and you pay like, a you know, 150 to $200 a month to join this gym, then you can look a certain way. And, you know, I remember being a kid and I was kind of with in your category, Tiana, I was really small. And I remember in like eighth, seventh or eighth grade, I was still wearing like kid size clothes. Like I couldn't fit into the junior's clothes yet. Uh. <laughs> and I remember there's this girl in my school named Lindsay who uh, had very inattentive parents. But there's a there, <laughs> there's like a golden era for those kids where they're like inattentive parents. And between sixth and eighth grade, those kids are really cool. And then in high yeah. school, they just start getting in trouble. Right. Yes. Right. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, she had very inattentive parents and was very mean. And she, um, she one time she was like, Aaron, what size pants do you wear? And I was like, 14. And she was like, <laughs> like oh my God. Because no. I was wearing kids clothes then. Um, and that was the first, I wanted, to grow so badly. I remember like reading like medical books about like the symptoms that like puberty is about to hit and being like, all right, it's coming. But like, I'm like, ready. <laughs> yeah, it was like a watched pot never boils type situation. Like the boobs aren't coming in. I'm not getting any taller. I'm not getting like, I, I still look like this tiny little kid. My mom used to call me skinny and she Aww. still calls me skinny, which is Rude now. Skinny. <laughs> I remember I'm that. Called worse. Yeah. I know. I'm like. I have a hard time. I have a hard time getting on board with the fact that if I call someone skinny, it's mean now. Meaning, like, cause because because you would have loved to be called skinny. Yes, and also yeah, of growing course. up, it was like that was the thing to be, right? Mm -hmm. And in so many ways, we still do kind of. I mean, even though even though there has been a move towards body positivity, it's still, right. we still kind of exalt the like supermodel yeah. look but then I know we're not so basically how I do it just don't say nothing about nobody yeah, I can say like if I like your yes. outfit like if I like your outfit I like a hair thing and only I if it's nice yes like only nice but like don't say anything of like about somebody's weight yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, like to me like there would be no greater compliment than like you're wasting away you know what I mean like if you were like did you get a parasite I'd be like thank you so much but I understand that that is not everybody's truth I mean but that's another thing I've I've known people before who've gotten like very very sick and they've lost weight and people keep telling them like you look great and yeah. they're like I've been very very right. sick <laughs> right. 
True. I yeah. mean, yes, and that's why we don't say right. it. Right, and this is why we don't. This is why we don't do it. But it's funny, like if you. But it's true, like for me, the one time someone was like, "Alyssa, you look thin." I was like, "Fuck, <laughs> I've made it." But then it's. I mean, I definitely the thinnest I've ever been. I was 128 pounds, and you could almost see an abdomen. And I was <laughs> the most unhappy I'd ever yeah, been. Me yeah, me too. Me too. When I, I had I had broken up with some guy, so I was like throwing myself into exercising all the time, and I was only eating lean cuisines. Ooh. Which are you like I mean? not great. Ooh. Well, they're not great. I mean, my God, the poops were never ending. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but like that's the thing. It's like when I think about when I was like that dream yeah. look, I was like literally so depressed uh-huh. you know and it was almost like the punishment like it was like you only get to eat a lean cuisine like the narrative around yeah. what I was doing was not a get healthy girl get your life back it was like a legit you like you fucking back. slob yeah, yeah. this it was is that. what you're gonna do yeah and it was like nah I can't go back to that either but the thing <laughs> you know? if there are like any young people listening to us I hope that they my I've had the same best friend since we were uh 11 Right. Oh, wow. Right. Hi, Kara. Hi, Kara. <laughs> um, and every now and again, we're like, and she has a daughter who's like, uh, I think she's like 10 now. And every now and then she's like, fuck, do you realize how thin we were? And I was like, <laughs> I know. She's like, we thought that we, yes. you know, I think Kara's thing used to be she would take the cheese off of pizza. Like that what? was her, like, you know, we all had our moves. Yeah, 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 mine, yeah. Was, mine was chewing grape nuts until my yeah. jaw clicked. <laughs> and I was like, God, why wouldn't, why didn't we enjoy ourselves? Yes. Like everything was good. Yeah. Why, you know, it's yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah. Especially like with Facebook, you know, when they'll be like, you nine years ago, you know, and like, it's like kind of forcing some of my stuff where I'll be like, oh, I was fine. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. back when I didn't think, and it was like the end of the world and this was going to be why I was going to die alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you look and you're like, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. <laughs> well, the lean cuisine diet is one I've never heard of. I've never heard of somebody just resorting to like expressly lean cuisine. Oh, I did it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I did it. For really? Sure. Except, you know, you guys know I've written about it. I say it. I suffer from IBS. <laughs> and that is not for people. Lean cuisine is yeah. not for people who it's very rough on the on the <laughs> system. A grumble in the tumble, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good idea. But I did. I was exclusively... I mean, and they go on sale. Oh, sorry. My, well, you can use it. Like, four for ten. Yeah, what? they do. Four for ten. You would be able to get like so many. Like it would be this creepy supermarket sweep where I'd be like the Chinese chicken, and then just fill, <laughs> fill. And then you get home to your studio apartment, to your mini fridge, and you're like, "Fuck, there's no freezer room for all of my lean cuisines." Um, here's something really upsetting that I learned recently. Not upsetting because I I exercise for reasons that are not weight control, but there isn't actually that strong of a tie between working out and losing weight. They've done like these massive surveys and they found that while some people are able to work out and lose weight, that as a population, there's not really a huge tie between. It's what math. Is, what yeah. is this? What do you it's want me math. to math. No, no, no. It's math. I'm yeah. livid by this information. <laughs> You're telling me that if I go on that goddamn elliptical for 42 minutes, Nothing's going to happen in my life? No, no it will. What? But you, you gotta, can eat more lean cuisine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to change 
everything else to do. I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> well, it does it does affect um, the likelihood that you'll get dementia, like, and your cognitive function. It's good for exercise. Is really good. Oh, for, I won't get well, dementia. Okay, yeah. yeah. You, you, that made it sound like yeah, <laughs> it'll it'll make dementia. it so that you go crazy, <laughs> so you can't even notice your body. That's... You're just having a good time. You're one of those like 15 sweaters ladies, like going yes. into like Gelson's, just yes. like buying a whole bunch of pickles and yes. going home to your your kind of like den of houseplants and <laughs> then you're fine. Um, no, I, it, it does benefit cognitive function yes. and it also keeps you from getting heart disease. And okay. for women, helps with bone density. Oh, yeah. I mean, it may with men too, but women are more. I need that. Yeah, my bones, my bones are hollow. They don't have to be more dense. They don't have to be. I can, I'm going to run. I, I like no, it. You, it's I, more like I'm Pilates and weightlifting oh. that help with bone density. Okay. I, I found that out too. <gasps> a right. lightweight over and over, you won't bulk, but you'll really get lean. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I need yeah, that. It's I not a, that. You don't have to weight lift. You know, people hear women's hear weights and they go, but my lady delicacy. No, I lift weights. But like, oh, do you go heavy? I can. But that but like, is that like the way, like, no, it depends on what it is. So, like, for me, yeah. I have back problems, and the problem, the way to solve that is by strengthening your back. Mm-hmm. So, with my arms, I do, like, I do a lot of push-ups, like, real push-ups okay. I've learned how to do. I use slightly heavier weights on my back because oh, okay. they, it needs to be much stronger. Mm, but it's okay. not to bulk up. I right, do not right, right. bulk up. Uh-huh. It's just I have a—I need my back that. to be stronger. You know what? Honestly, I have seen um, women who are power lifters and uh, who are just, like, fucking gorgeous. And it has nothing to well, do with, I like— Oh, yeah. but I feel like we're taught that we're not supposed to be. That's my point. Like, what I'm, right, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so often, and kind of, like, why there aren't more women power lifters is mm-hmm. this idea that to be bulky is to somehow be less attractive. Yeah. Agree. Mm-hmm. But your body is going to do what it's going to do. Like when you when you exercise and you fall into like a lifestyle that is healthy and good for you, your body is sort of like predetermined. To, I, I don't know. Maybe this isn't science, but I feel like your body is sort of like has a tendency to want to look a certain way. And Mine does. I completely agree. With yeah, you. I agree with that, too. That's it's like, look, I can if I went on some crash diet, I will lose weight. My body will go back to where it is comfortable, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which does not mean I do not watch what I eat. I work out like four or five days a week, but I I am like me now, Mm -hmm. but just like a little tighter. Mm -hmm. I'm also older. (laughs) (laughs) Your body changes, ladies. I don't know if you've heard. Oh, yeah. But Uh, it is. But I am. I am stronger now. I am not a different size than I was, but I am. I am strong and mm -hmm. I can I can fuck people up. Yeah. That's such a good. It takes a long time to get to that point where you're like, this is what I have to work with. Right. This is like, this is it. Like, and it's good enough. Can, yeah. And it's good right. enough. And like, I, I have gotten to a point where I, with exercise and eating, I'm just like, I want to do the things that make me feel good. Right. Okay. I don't understand. Okay. Let me explain. <laughs> because the things that make me feel good are cheeseburgers and pad thai. It tastes so good on the mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And such a warm fullness <laughs> in the belly. But I think that when... You and people who are healthy, you know, who eat more to live, when they say feel good, they mean a different kind of feeling, right? Because, I mean, I know it sounds silly, but that's literally like my relationship to food. I don't understand when someone's like, I want to eat food that makes me feel good. Like, I think a salad is punishment. Like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, what's yeah. going on? Tell me. Break it down. I mean, I, but because I I, I, I I, will do, like, I love Love Panda Express, that is. <laughs> it, it, a lean cuisine in its own way. It is a lean it cuisine is its in its own, own way. Like, <laughs> And I, I have like I do 
when I watch what I eat, when I'm like, if I, I've, I've gone and like eating a cheeseburger or like eating pizza too many days in a row, then I like, that's like, I have a self-imposed guilt a little bit about mm-hmm. that, but I don't cut myself off from those things, I guess is what I say, yeah. what I mean when I say like, I'm eating foods that make me feel good. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm in the whole treat yourself mentality of like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to, if I'm craving that, I'm not going to stop myself right. from enjoying that. Like I maybe just here. won't enjoy the whole thing. Yeah. I'm going to ask you guys, because like you eat vegetables and stuff by yeah. choice for fun. <laughs> right. And that feels good? No, so it's actually, oh, it's I, a funny thing for me. It does not feel good at all. My stomach does not like rubbish. vegetables. Okay. It's really brutal. And so that's a, that's a, like, I could go have a salad and it could blow my gut apart, but a cheeseburger never will. Uh-huh. So that's like a really hard uh, thing for me. Yeah. Hmm. But a whole a whole cheeseburger may, so I eat half. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. my or I'll just have like a chicken breast or something like okay. that. But but vegetables are uh vegetables are tough on oh, What a nightmare. I'd use that. I'm like honestly, I'm like the I'm like the Muppet that sings a song about how much they love vegetables yeah, over I here. Like, it yeah. like I truly Easy I, Cory I, Booker. Yeah, I know. I know. My comfort food <laughs> is vegetables. Well, so here's here's my kind of the way that it it works in my brain is uh, when I started running, I haven't been running a lot lately, but when I started distance running and training for races in like 2010, I started noticing that my I would run at the end of the workday. So I'd get done with work and then I would run. And I realized that if I wasn't like eating stuff that felt like, I don't know, it didn't feel like heavy in my stomach, mm-hmm. then it was much easier for me to run. And so right. I just sort of started associating mm-hmm. feeling good while I exercised with food that like made me feel good to eat. So I, so my, I guess my, like the range that I considered when I, when I talk about food making me feel good Mm -hmm. was beyond the like five minutes of me eating Uh the cheeseburger. I thought about it in terms of the entire day and it's like, I I will feel good this entire day. If I start the day with like, you know, a hard boiled egg and like a couple pieces of fruit and some coffee and then lunch, I'll have like a salad and then dinner I'll have like some meat and mm-hmm. some vegetables. Like okay. that okay. is a much better it. explanation of what I <laughs> well, was trying to get to. I will to. say the thing that made me feel the healthiest ever in my whole life, fucking Weight Watchers. Really? really? Game changer. Okay, let's really? talk about that yeah. because I think that right now in, a, in an era of body acceptance, um, it's really become fraught to talk about wanting to change your body. Not that you should want to or shouldn't want to, but some people just do so what is that what is that like in this day and age so understand i have done every fad diet there is i've done atkins i've done south beach Mm -hmm. i've done all the pill diets like you name it i tried it and then when my first book came out i was at cbs this morning with gail king and she looked amazing Mm -hmm. and i was like gail you look so fucking good she's like weight watchers and i was like you know what i'm gonna try it and without it is to me. It is. It's a. There's a difference between dieting and a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And for me, Weight Watchers has become a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you can treat yourself. And it's like it's not punishing. So it's like if you eat too many points one day, that's okay. You have flex points, and you can also just get back on the wagon the next day. Mm-hmm. And it's not this like catastrophic mm-hmm. beat your head against a wall. And so I've lost 
I when I started taking Zoloft, um, I gained a lot of weight, which was really hard because Zoloft is supposed to make you feel better. Yeah. When you can't stuff your ass into your pants, you don't feel better. Yeah. Even if yeah. you're supposed, even if you maybe do, you don't. Yeah. And so my doctor was like, I was like, hey, what's this human growth hormone shit that people are doing? <laughs> and he's like, it's ten thousand dollars. And I was like, okay. Anyway, he's like, let's do. And he also suffers from IBS. And so he told me that Weight Watchers changed his life. And it did. It t- it is it is it it changed everything. Hmm. It's so interesting. A doctor told you that. I've heard from multiple people lately in the last year or so. Their doctors are telling them about intermittent fasting. That's like the new buzzword yeah, yeah, and the is, thing people are saying, which is pretty much limiting the hours in a day that you can actually consume. Food. It's just not eating. It's very rare. Like there, it's. I know very few women who don't have a complicated relationship with food. Mm-hmm. And I think it very much ties into the body image thing as well, mm-hmm. right? Because when we're, because t- mm-hmm. I think so much of it are taught, like certain foods are bad. And if you have this food, it's going to be bad. And it's mm-hmm. going to make you look bad. And like, you know what I mean? It's so like, so then it's like, I don't, I just know very few women who just can like eat what they want to eat and not have an emotion attached to it. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking the other, I don't know, maybe like a year ago that I was like, when is the last time I ate something and I just enjoyed it as a pleasurable experience, purely pleasurable? I don't know. I yeah. truly don't know. Like, um, because there's always like guilt attached to it or anxiety attached to it or yeah. like, okay, well, this is, or there's like some kind of reward, like I'm rewarding myself for feeding myself good food attached to it. And I guess that's the positive emotion of it. But yeah, I don't, I think that like, it's really hard for me to just enjoy food. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, sometimes I'll fall into a pattern where, um, because I think I'm pretty lucky in that I don't, I've never really had to struggle with my weight or anything like that, which is, I think, purely genetics and like access to healthy foods and, you know, being like an educated urban woman who's high earning you know, mm-hmm. access to the yeah. ability to exercise, right. lived in neighborhoods where it's safe for me to walk around. Like there's all these factors that are very lucky that have conspired to make it so I don't have to worry about my weight. But, you know, I I do sometimes, ha- I've noticed that there's the pleasure has been stripped so much from eating that sometimes I'll just be going throughout my day and I'll get annoyed by the fact that my body needs something. Yeah. And I'll just yeah. eat like, a, like an energy bar that tastes like fucking chalk ass yeah. <laughs> and, it, and I feel it just not be food in my mouth like as I'm eating it my mouth is like not food not food not food and I'm swallowing it and it's like clay in my stomach yeah. and I'll eat that instead of lunch like a lot of days and it it's just as many calories as more enjoyable actual food that right. people are supposed right. to be eating yeah that's true I but literally I really just did that while we were <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's like a I, kind bar yeah well the, those are actually better than the kinds I'm talking about they're like these they have them in the in the closet at Crooked. I'll show you guys after we're done recording. They're just like these angry little sticks of butter, yeah. almost. They're that shape. Is it the Think Thin? The ones who name the name alone makes me livid. It's the Think Thin. <laughs> I know bars, which ones you're talking and about. And they're like dense erasers. They have yes. because it's of an eraser, yes. and it literally is like, and it just says like Think Thin, and then it'd be chocolate peanut butter. First of all, put both those words in quotes, okay? <laughs> it ain't chocolate, it ain't peanut butter, right? And it's like the idea, that like that's what you have to eat. Is like, don't you want to be pretty? You know, Think <laughs> Thin. It's a eraser. Think Thin, and nothing else will matter. And nothing yeah. else. It's like the words. I mean, including the constipation from the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing you just say that, and then I, I do that as well, and I think it's like. We've. I think I've. I'm realizing that I've just taught myself to get away with those little kind of like eating on the run and not enjoying food. And I've now realizing that like 
I've talked myself into making that that's okay. <laughs> that that are like that's the shortcuts that I can take as long as I can like be out in the world and about my day. Yeah. And I have now turned those into like those are the things that make me feel good because mm-hmm. it's like mental shortcuts of not having to deal with getting a proper meal. Well, it's also like it's so unfair that healthy food costs so much money. Yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. like for something that legit comes out of the ground. Right? Like vegetables. How am I paying $20 for a damn salad? <laughs> Sweet green. Okay. They be making me so damn bad. These salads are so expensive. And you have to pay like, it's like, do you want protein? Well, that's going to be another $10. You know what I mean? It's like so many like layers to it. And it's like, I remember this New York after school. It was a dollar slice. You know what I mean? Like oh, when you were a kid, when you were a teen, a yeah. dollar, you can get pizza. Or we would always go to like, we'd go to Burger King where it would be like a dollar for like a Whopper Junior or something. Like stuff, again, like of a dollar. Course. And you're just yeah. like, I'm 17 or like not even. You know, And it's like, it just is so too easy and affordable to eat garbage. Well, I mean, yeah. if you want to tie this to like a bigger political issue, um, different crops are subsidized differently in That's a way true. that makes unhealthy food really available to people. And healthy like food. Like low quality cheese is yeah. highly yeah. Low quality cheese, corn, yeah. every, everything mm-hmm. like corn is fine in small amounts, but we shouldn't just be like yeah. shoving our faces with corn all the time. Yeah. You know, it's there's there's these ingrained patterns of like government subsidies that kind of are working at the expense of the health of Americans because there's so much industry built up around, you know, corn beef, you know, all this stuff. And it's uh, it's unhealthy. And you're right. You're absolutely right, Naomi, that the cheaper food is like less healthy. I've seen um, every few years there'll be somebody who sets out to like debunk, you know, the food desert thing or like, how you know, if you're poor, you have no excuse. But it's like, you know, who has two hours a night to, you know, to hand soak the pinto beans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it requires a real level of dedication, right? So since I have not been working in an office, my year of discovering myself, (laughs) I cook a lot more. And it takes, okay, that apron is on. It stays (laughs) on until nine o'clock at night when I've done the dishes. But it's like, it takes, it does take a long time. And like, mom, I love you because she almost always made us dinner. And I had no idea truly like the effort it took to keep us healthy. Yeah. As I said before, I was not eating Oreos. So (laughs) she, I mean, you know. Damn you, Dr. Blum. Fuck you, Dr. Blum. (laughs) Fuck Dr. Blum. (laughs) Worse. It's very cathartic. All right. So we talked about a lot of bad things that we think about ourselves and dumb lean cuisines we've subjected ourselves (laughs) to. Um, Let's talk about things that you've done besides Weight Watchers, Alyssa, which Mm. we covered. Things that you've done that have genuinely made you feel better existing inside of your body? Is it like mm-hmm. something you've eaten, a level of activity? Like what has made you feel better? Tian, I know that you have had a history with sports. So let's start with you. Um, I've actually, uh, I'm looking for a soccer team in LA <laughs> here. So if anybody has some open spots, um, but I've been playing pickup recently, which I haven't done in a couple of years. And that to me is like my favorite way to move my body. Pause, though. Didn't you accidentally end up playing with a bunch of teens one yes, time? Yes, <laughs> I did. I definitely did. I showed up at the park. They were kicking around. And I was like, oh, do you mind if I, like, jump in? And I thought they were, you know, mid-20s, late-20s. <laughs> and we played for a little bit. And at the end of it, they were like, thanks for playing with us, ma'am. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa. Ma'am. And I was like, uh, 
how old are you guys? And they're like, oh, well, I'm 22, but like they're 17 and 18. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) But they were nice to let a man play with them. I'm a a stranger man walking up onto the field and they welcomed me with open arms. Kids who don't grow up with enough stranger danger. (laughs) I love the phrase stranger ma'am. Stranger ma'am. I'm I'm a stranger stranger ma'am. They don't know me. Walking this world. (laughs) Stranger ma'am walking this world. But I've been looking for pickup soccer games recently and that is like, to me, just playing a team sport makes me feel good and Mm -hmm. like going around and moving my body in a sport that I like feel confident in is like my favorite way to to make make myself feel good. Mm -hmm. Naomi, you you and Uh, I recently talked about running. Have you have you haven't given it a try? (laughs) (laughs) Haven't got into it. I will say this, though, such a throwback. You know, I started out and probably this was probably an earlier sense of what my awareness of my body. I was a swimmer from a very early age. Me too. From like age five or six. Me my too. Mom, it was so, yes, connecting. Ah. And my mom, because my mom was very like, I don't want you to be a black girl who can't swim. I mean. It was like very important to her. She couldn't swim growing up, but she was very like, you have to learn. And I absolutely loved it. Nothing felt better than being in the water until my body started to change. And then it was like, I don't want to mm. be in a swimsuit. But uh. like, even still now, that is like swimming and being in the water. It's something that like, makes me feel happy, makes me feel good. It's one of those things where it's like, here's what I like about it, right? You're not sweating. I but agree. But when it's yeah. over, you're right. like, wow, I moved, I worked, I feel some, you know what I mean? Like kicking, getting that form right, honey. Right, <laughs> you don't have that like heat that descends yes. on you that's like claustrophobic. No, what was your, what's your stroke? It was the crawl. Okay. Yeah. Mine was Simple. butterfly. Wow. Whoa. That's guys, small but mighty over here. Huge. I wow. held the record for 12 and under, age 12 and under, 50 meter butterfly wow. for a day. Wow. <laughs> but you know what? To this day, when I see people in the pool, I was like, I just feel it. I'm like yeah. ready to go. And whenever I get in a pool, I always will do it. I loved, I really enjoyed um, competitive swimming. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Do that. you get to do it? That no, not at all now. Very rare. I'm taking a little vacation and it's, there's going to be a pool, like a place with a pool that we can actually use. But it needs like a lap lane. Well, no, this one, thank God, this is going to be like just us. And oh, the pool. oh, okay. that's the thing. It's like you want, like I see a pool, yeah. I jump in and then last time I went to a hotel with a damn pool, they got a little two-year-old eating a goddamn French fry in the pool. <laughs> Ew. Anyway, live <laughs> Did not swim. Um, um, Alyssa, how about you? So sw- swimming... Really was good. Uh, was good for me. The thing that makes me feel good, which I haven't done as much now because I was like in an accident and needed more like sort of rehab ish. But Pilates for me, not just like the not the group classes. The, it's the one thing I really sort of spoiled myself with when it was the very beginning of the Obama campaign in two thousand seven. And I would go to the gym and get on the treadmill and I would like race walk right. And but I also would multitask. And so I was blackberrying myself something and I fell forward <gasps> and oh, missed no. no, I missed the the dashboard oh, thing oh my God. by like oh my a God. hair. Oh I mean God. I would have lost all my teeth if <gasps> I had smacked oh forward. God. And after that I was like, you know what, Alyssa, that is not there has to be an element of enjoying what you're doing. And so mm-hmm. the reason I started doing Pilates is because you could not 
you would hurt yourself if you were multitasking. And mm-hmm. so for me, the way that I make myself feel good is by doing something where I am just present. I am learning something. I challenge myself. Like there are these very like dangerous Pilates moves <laughs> that I worked like six months to learn how to do. And then I was like, I did squirrel for anyone who knows Pilates. <laughs> um, so that for me, though, I will say that for running, I watched Brittany runs a marathon. Oh, my God. I knew. I'm so excited to talk about this. <laughs> and. It made my brain explode because it rem- it reminded me. My dad was a smoker, right, as most parents were back in the 70s. <laughs> and when he quit, he gained weight. And he was like, what am I going to do? And so he started running. And I remember sitting on the front porch watching him go a block, you know, like just to yeah. the end of the street. And then he'd walk back. And he ran marathons within yeah. about a year and a half. Yeah. So when I watched Brittany, I was like— there's no shame in getting out there and doing like what she did. And I got really, I I really have thought about whether or not I could train for a marathon because it was just so, I was, I didn't even run it and I was crying for her. I was sobbing. <laughs> I was like, girl, don't give up. We're here for you. <laughs> Michaela Watkins uh, of the Hysteria yeah. fans. Blown, Fant- blown. Fantastic in that movie. She's amazing. She's it so was, good. The whole thing was a was a, a roller coaster, which ended in joy. <laughs> it, and it and it took a. I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I think everybody should go see it. It's a real it's a real positive okay. e- viewing experience. Yes. But there's a there's a turn toward the end where that mm-hmm. you don't really see coming, and so it makes her final marathon like that much more meaningful because her reasons for doing it kind of become recalibrated. Yes. And it okay. and it's just it feels like a really self aware thing for the movie to have done. And it was like it was really well done. Yeah, I I sobbed during it. I went and I, I went and saw it by myself. And she told me, you're going to sob. And I did. <laughs> I was like, you're going to bawl. I did. I saw it by myself at the Arclight, and it kind of reminded me of when I started running. Um, I had a, like, really hard year. Everybody's got really hard years, and I'd reached the end of one of mine. Mm. 2009 was awful for me. And 2010, I was like, you know, I had run cross country in high school. And mm-hmm. so this was like you know, several years after high school. Um, and it was January. I was living in Chicago. And I just felt like I just come off like a real like couple months of real deep depression, like curtains drawn watching Twin Peaks every night <laughs> over and over and over Whoa. again, sort of depression. And I was like, I'm going to try to run. And I ran in the cold in like old mm-hmm. sneakers that weren't like in the snow yeah. in like old Ooh, sneakers. And, and I went up from where I used to live. If you guys know Chicago, if you're listening, I used to live in this intersection called Damon and Division. Oh, I know and, that is. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. half a mile up was North and Damon. And I just ran to North and Damon. And then I turned <laughs> around and I walked back. And a week later, I got a gym membership, got on a treadmill. I could run half a mile before. Same thing. And I just kept going. I kept doing like a, I would run half a mile and I would walk for five minutes. And then when I felt like I could run again, I would run again. And I followed this like couch to 5K plan Mm -hmm. and ended up running a an 8K in March. So I started in January, ran an 8K in March. And after the 8K... Whoa. What the fuck? In the, oh well, in the, in the like, haze Could of never. doing it, I was just like, I love this. I'm going to register for the marathon. <laughs> and I registered for the Chicago Marathon for that October, <laughs> which was dumb. But I did it. And I just, uh, I downloaded, like, a training program. And I just followed it. At, you know, every day that I was supposed to train, I would get out there and do what I had to do and, like, run long. I remember doing my 20-mile run before, which is, like, the last long run you do That's before the marathon. So many miles. <laughs> it's like you're speaking wingding. Yeah. Right 20 mile run. 20 miles. I'm like, 20 mile run. miles. Where's my it, car? It was, yeah, it was like along the lake in Chicago from way, way up oh, north. Oh, that's a nice run. All the, it's very 
pretty. Yeah. yeah. From um all the way up north, all the way down to like South Shore, like the South Shore Country Club area. And it was like, I remember finishing it and just being like, my bones hurt. Mm-hmm. My bones, my inside of my bone. I was like, yeah. I didn't know that I could feel pain in this part of my body. And I remember like kind of sitting and recovering from the 20 miler and watching a guy across the finish line who had the, you know, like the that's all folks at the end of a Looney Tunes thing, yeah. the whoop, he yeah. had that, but in blood over his nipples. <gasps> it was like he oh. was bleeding so much. See? Were, no. So then, <laughs> but then a, then a month later, I, you know, the, the marathon happened and I ran it like anybody's first marathon. I did it slow and I finished and couldn't walk stairs straight for a week. But it was like <laughs> the best thing I've ever done for myself. I've done two more since then. And, I, you know, we'll see if I can ever do another one again. But it was like so positive. And after a while, it just became a means of conveyance for me. It was like I knew that every Saturday morning I was going to get out and I was going to run for a couple hours. And in New York, it was just like a nice little like, I'm going to cross all three bridges and I'm going to go up the west side. And it was like walking, but, you know, but fast and sweaty. And (laughs) it was like it it honestly is the best thing I've ever done because I I didn't have the courage to try to write until after I'd started running. I didn't have the courage to try to like move to New York until after I'd run the marathon. It was all like it it isn't a thing that's going to fix everybody's life but it really made a huge difference for me mm-hmm. it like it it was like the the one the inflection point in like the story of my life was like starting to run hmm. and i should probably do it again that would be, uh, <laughs> you know, there are seasons to all of our lives. Yes. That's that's true. Um, okay, so let's talk dumb fitness fads. Have you ever participated in any of the dumb fitness fads? And if so, what? All of my fads were mostly diet focused. Mm-hmm. My physical activity was pretty. You had it figured ordinary. out. Ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> it was ordinary. A treadmill, Pilates okay. machine. If your if your physical activity was ordinary, Alyssa, then why do you think that you would survive? the collapse of society and be a good apocalypse team member. Oh, because I'm a woman with a plan. Okay. Okay. Oh, you got plans. Oh, come wow. on. Okay. So it's not a physical thing. It's a you would be the... It's mental acuity. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't make it in the apocalypse. I mean, you talk about yes, IBS. you would. Girl, you talk about, I would be constipated by day three because here's the thing. <laughs> All that's going to be left in the apocalypse are canned goods. Okay, we're talking sodium. We're talking yeah. no fresh fiber. So I'm, I'm constipated. Day three, right? Mm-hmm. I'm stressed out. How, where are you going to poop if there's abandoned marauders coming for you? You just poop. I'm just going to go I ahead and say. I don't think I'd be sitting. I'm going to go ahead and say, eventually you just can. I, when I, was, yeah, I, feel, I feel like it, <laughs> when I was in, when I was in Nepal, we were hike. I mean, we were past the tree line for like two days up, like heading toward yeah. base camp. But it was like, yep, there's one rock you can shit behind. And <laughs> that's the rock that you shit behind. And there's no other rocks. And that's it. So, it's I mean, wow, there, it was like a few days where I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I was like, no, I can do it. I don't know. What if I run out of an asthma inhaler? Because that's another thing, too. In the apocalypse, what you need, first of all, you need some birth control. You're going to need your basic antibiotics. I'm going to need several inhalers. Okay? Because I'm running, right? I'm running at some point for my life. Yes. And then I'm getting the tightening in the chest. And then what happens? I'm over. I'm out. I'm done. I'm a hot meal from for some. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that'd be my problem. Who wants a Who wants a little sinewy morsel like Erin? You could have a roast like Alyssa. (laughs) So that's why I need my mental acuity. (laughs) Um, I think my main skill would be. 
I'm very good at hide and seek. So, because <laughs> so, I've had, I have nieces and nephews and we play it all the time uh-huh. and they can never find me. Well, are they three? Um, no, there are, there are eight. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will that say, I had a near experience when the Haiti earthquake happened. Old Tommy Vitor and I were sent to Haiti uh, <gasps> on behalf of the White House. And we were there for a week. And we were with a couple hundred people also sleeping in the embassy and we didn't shower and there was really no food. I fucking thrived. <gasps> really? Well, Mental acuity. Yeah. Mental acuity. <laughs> it made you sharper. It, it made did. You it sharper made you sharper. To be, no, like, because you're just there. You're just defeating your own like yeah. circumstances every time. Wow. Okay. Well, you're a future queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can be the guys. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll be able to rely on Alyssa's body. Oh yes. And yes. mine. Yes. yes. And hey, 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 not my body. You're not eating. You can't eat me. <laughs> you true. can't roast me and also have me lead you through the zombies. Sure. But in a way, your body is a meat holder for your brain. Yes. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. All right, fellow meat holders. Uh, we have to take a break. When we come back, the hills will die on. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Hey, everybody, a little bit of housekeeping before we get to the hills. First of all, thank you to everybody who helped chip in for our goal to reach a million dollars raised for Fair Fight, Stacey Abrams' program. But we've got a bigger one for you now. We want to hit $2 million by the end of 2019. So if you want to help battle voter suppression in battleground states next year, you can go to votesaveamerica.com slash fairfight to pitch in. In Kentucky, here's some things that we did. Uh, in Kentucky, Fairfight worked with the Kentucky Democratic Party to prevent the state from moving 175,000 names to the inactive voter list. And after this year's election, Democrat Andy Bouchard is the apparent governor-elect beating Republican Governor Matt Bass by just 5,000 votes. In Louisiana, Fair Fight funded a voter protection program for the November 16th governor's election, which included deploying poll watchers and running a voter protection hotline. Democratic incumbent John Bell Edwards won the race by 2.6%. Since this summer, Fair Fight has put teams on the ground in Virginia, Florida, Michigan, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. They're currently hiring in Arizona, New Hampshire, Texas, and North Carolina. Next, they're planning to get teams in Iowa, Alabama, South Carolina, Minnesota, Nevada, Wisconsin, woo, and Maine. Thanks to all of you who helped reach our $1 million goal last month. This is the last push of 2019, so if you haven't pitched in yet, or you know people who would want to help, or if you want to just give a gift to Fair Fight as somebody else's Christmas present, which is sort of like a chaotic good sort of thing to do. Um, you can do that too. You can help pitch in and help us finish out 2019 by hitting $2 million. And go to votesaveamerica.com slash fairfight to chip in what you can. 
And finally, thank you to the truly disturbing number of people who sent us bad holiday movie pitches. We're going over the entries now, and there will be some great content around your bad pitches coming your way in December, you goddamn lunatics. Welcome back. We've reached the end part of the show where we take really intense stances on things that really don't matter. It's The Hills We'll Die On. Let's get started with our listener hill. Hey, Hysteria. The hill I'm going to die on is that people who say I'm a hugger are the rudest and don't understand boundaries. <laughs> it means that I do not want our bodies to touch at this time besides the hand. I just don't feel like I need that extra interaction with my body against your body maybe another day but if i give you my hand please take it and don't insist on hugging me instead wow okay 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 yeah that was whispered too so i liked that it was was a quiet (laughs) it was a quiet yeah i liked it It was like i think this listener and i are like partly kindred spirits because i do hug women that i like i've gotten better at it but i'm not a i'm not a hugger and i don't like it when people hug um I guess this segues into a story that I started to tell you, Alyssa. Tell remember, remember, I, okay, I texted you the other night, and I was like, "Did I ever tell you about the time that Ann Coulter hugged me?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> what? what? Yeah. So it was Are in the. Okay? I'm fine. I I lived. It was in the context. I was at uh, somebody else's podcast, and she was a guest, and she came up and hugged me. And it look, I don't like to talk shit about other people's bodies unless they're terrible and they put their body against me and I didn't want it. And she has these big, hard, fake boobs (laughs) and these real, like, string bean arms. And it just was a combination of feelings. I felt like, you know, that experiment where, like, they gave the baby monkeys access to a cloth mom or a wire mom? She was like the wire mom. (laughs) Wow. It was unpleasant. It was hard. It, it was, was hard. Unpleasant. It was a hard hug. It wasn't a, wow. it wasn't a good... I mean, it was exactly... I'm not surprised by this at all, though. No, but Like, if it was, like, a soft, warm but hug... But it's vivid. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, yeah. it fits exactly into what I would imagine a hug with her would be like. Yeah, it was like being hugged by a hanger supporting a water bra, sort of. <laughs> Except the water bra wasn't watery. Hey, water bras yeah. are great. <laughs> Especially from Wet Seal. Wet yeah. Seal. You get your Wet Seal from Wet Seal. Okay, here's the hill I'll die on. It's dumb. I have to do this every week. So all <laughs> my hills, they're really getting diluted in intensity. But here's the hill I'll die on this week. I want a pet crow. I want a, <laughs> I want a pet crow that is so it can pick your eyeballs out. Yeah, no, what? I want it to be like uh, Alfred Hitchcock had pet crows. Yes. They're very Indeed. smart. Birds live a smart. really long time. They can live to be like 18, 20 years old. We had chickens that lived to be like seventeen. It was crazy. Whoa. Yeah, they're um, they can be trained. They can like learn vocabulary and do tricks, and they look awesome. They're he- they're like beautiful. Maj- I think crows are just awesome, and I want to have one for a pet. And I'm not goth. I just think they're cool. <laughs> do you know anyone that has a crow? No, but except yeah. Alfred Hitchcock. Anyone that has a bird, period. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not seeing birds in the public pet conversation. <laughs> we had chickens growing up, and I was really, I really liked them. The, I yeah. mean, except the, the ones that tried to kill me. But the ones that were nice were super well, let's nice. Let's go back our, to our the ones that tried to kill you. Roosters. Oh, wow. Roosters are mean. I'm, how do you, wow. where do you, where do you get one? Get a crow? Yeah. The sky? 
You could just go and catch one? No, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not that sure. That would be a good bet. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I'm not sure. I think um, there's probably some like zoo trainer type people who handle baby crows that maybe were orphaned and they can be brought up to be trained. Aww. And I'm not suggesting anybody kill a mother crow on my behalf. <laughs> and no, baby. definitely not. Don't no. do that. No, but I would love to have a pet crow. I think it'd be great. That's the hill I'll die on this <laughs> Wow. Huh. Okay. 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 I want that for you. <laughs> I feel like I have a hill kind of... I feel of... like it's attainable. I think it is. <laughs> All right, Naomi, do you want to... <laughs> Maybe like kind of coming off of our listener, our listener hill, it actually made me think, the hill I'll die, I really don't like shaking hands. Hmm. I really don't huh. like it. I, this is my first time speaking publicly on the issue. <laughs> I don't like... Hey, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I totally understand the boundary of a hug. I'm not saying we should all be hugging, but I find hands to be so much more um, germ-filled. Especially that. when we're in fucking cold and flu season. I don't want you touching my dominant hand. <laughs> You're a stranger, and now I gotta feel your goddamn hand? I hate it. I really, really hate it. I like to wave. Like, legit, like, yeah. if I meet you out at a bar and someone's like, and it's like, hands, don't, I don't want to touch you. Just a wave will do. It will do. Have you ever felt a scraggly hand? Oh. Or a clammy a hand? Clam, ooh, a clammy oh. hand. Have you seen that video of the Pope pulling his hand away from yes. people that are trying yes. to kiss the ring? It's literally like it's, hungry, hungry hippos. It's <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever seen because it's because everyone's coming in thinking like, they just saw him pull his hand away. Right. And then the people behind are like, no, 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 I'm going to kiss the ring. So it's a lot of people just going... <laughs> trying to get her like edit. trying to get the ring as they have seen him just go <laughs> he gets best. it the pope gets it the yeah. pope's trying to live and it was because he's, he's trying to live because of and dreams. everybody's slobbering up on him and touching up on him and having their little hands that have not been washed <laughs> think about the last time you washed your hand all of us as an adult listener take a moment check in with yourself the last time maybe you went to the bathroom and washed your hand you know what it's not gonna be recent enough for my ass it's the point <gasps> that's fair that's fair and but that is the hill I will die on let's wave at each other okay I like that I'm done I can I get, get on that, that I hill. do the yeah. peace sign a lot love it right like hey, love it casual up? cool I feel a bit like a poser like people are like <laughs> we get it you like the grateful dead you know but I'm like oh, that's this I like oh, to just do the little flash. I like to do it too, right? Yeah, especially Mine when like, like a culturally people let like like when people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people let me cross the street. I'm always like, hey, peace, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for not hitting me. Uh, I'm a big fan of the like cocky nod. Like if hey, you see somebody, you know, know, like well, a little yeah. Yeah. nod, and and if it's the right person doing it, it's also very hot. I feel like no matter what, it's Joey Tribbiani being like, "How you doing?" <laughs> you don't say anything. You just nod. Anyway, um, um, Tian, do you want to go next? Sure, I'll have a little hill. Um, I've been, this is the, the hill that I will die on is that if you want a little like self confidence boost, try driving without your GPS. I did it recently, wow. just like trying to test myself if I was learning the city. And I got to my audition that was 30 minutes away without my GPS, and I felt Really wow. good about myself. That's huge. Wow! Like really proud. No, Maybe you're too right. proud. I no, like. No, dr- you're right. I got there and I was like, "That's apocalypse tales. That's apocalypse yes, tales. That's the direction. Mental acuity. It's mental acuity. Yes. So if you want to enhance mental acuity, try driving. I got here today without my GPS. I've just been turning it off. If I think I know where <sighs> I had to go, huge. I'm just. I'm just going for it. I feel like. The little rat that has like figured out the maze <laughs> and I've made it to the cheese That's without cute. any instructions. You yeah. survived the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Alyssa. My hill. Your hill. Here's the deal, guys. 
I don't want to hear whatever the fuck's happening in your mouth. Okay? When I am in a car, I don't want to hear you chew your fucking gum. <laughs> if you are having granola, I don't want to hear you chew it from a block away. <gasps> like, if you are wow. on television kissing someone, I don't want to hear the noises. Coming I from just... grape nuts, this is bold. <laughs> Why do you think my jaw was so fucking sore? I did so no one could hear. Uh, I just, I can't. It's like nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> I got into I got into the airport late last night, and my, my driver just kept, my mom would call it schmatzing. He was schmatzing his gum. <laughs> just fucking no. I don't want to hear that shit. Yeah. No one does. Yeah. Mouth, mouth Some sounds... people don't notice it. Nobody likes it. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. You know, a roommate of mine ruined burritos for me (laughs) because he used to come home late at like two o'clock, watch two two a.m. Watch Robot Chicken, and I was at the time just like sleeping in an extra couch in the living room, crashing. And he would just (gasps) fucking go to town on this burrito, and I'm like, "This is the worst sound I've ever." Right. It has ruined. So we agree. My hill is. Legit. Yeah. Universal. Worth you hate a- Then you hate those ASMR videos? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. mute. How do you stand The Bachelor, though? How are you a fan of The Bachelor universe <laughs> if you don't like spit sounds? Uh, the, ma- the kissing is very... There's a mute button, which I use with reckless abandon. <laughs> really? When there's... <laughs> nope. Ugh. I just Ugh. turn it down. I go cook some healthy food in the kitchen. <laughs> I come back and I resume viewing. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. Mouth sounds. These are all good hills. All right. Yeah. Good job, guys. Po- Thanks, apocalypse guys. team. <laughs> good apocalypse team. Uh, thank That'll you. be your downfall in the apocalypse. Next all of us up eaten. on the amazing race. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I'll kill you with my mental acuity. <laughs> <laughs> Tiana Naomi, thank you for coming by. As always, Alyssa, thank you for flying all the way across the country just just for us. Just for, for no you. other reason. Just us. Just to bring my hill to you in person. And uh, there'll be more hysteria for you next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Reston is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thank you to Juliet Beckstrand for production support and to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Nadina Melkonian for filming and editing our video content every week. is your place of peace it's clean it's welcoming <sighs> and it's definitely not crawling with invading insects if you use ortho home defense max use it indoors on non-porous surfaces to treat and prevent cockroaches spiders and ants for up to 12 months so your home can stay your place of peace your work from home office and your family's headquarters kill bugs inside keep bugs outside and love your home visit ortho.com for more